You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Fear not, little flock. It is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Someone in a Q&A this year asked me, when do you feel least afraid? I'd never thought about that question, but it didn't take long to answer it. I said, I don't think I've ever been afraid when I was singing hymns. I had a wise friend who I'd call when I was filled with fear, worry, and anxiety, and she'd always ask, What are you afraid of exactly? Your inadequacies? The truth being known? Failure? Not having enough? Losing control? Drinking again? Being rejected? Being abandoned? Like, what is your fear of choice? And then she'd say, now, is that thing, or that dynamic, or that event, actually happening right now? here, in this place, in this moment. Is that what's real, she'd ask me. If the answer was no, then she'd ever so gently invite me to consider that fear is not real. I mean, the fear is real, but the thing you fear may not be real. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling with fear. And if you are, know that you are not alone by any measure. More likely than not, the thing you fear or the thing you're worrying about is not what is actually happening right now, unless hearing another sermon on fear is what you fear. (laughs) But trust me on this, little flock, I wouldn't preach on fear so often if it weren't mentioned in the Bible so often. Seriously, one of the most common phrases in the Bible isn't, God helps those who help themselves, which, spoiler alert, isn't in the Bible at all. But what does show up basically all the time is some version of, do not be afraid. I kept wondering this week why it's such a big deal. Like, why does God say to not have this one feeling? The Bible doesn't say, be not resentful, or be not douchey, or like, be not stupid. I would love it if be not stupid was a thing God said over and over. (laughs) But no, it's be not afraid. But why? Why this one emotion? Because I'm pretty sure that when over and over God or God's messengers say be not afraid, maybe it isn't just one more thing for us to feel bad about, like add not being fearful to the list of things I need to change about myself, like floss more, watch less TV, eat more kale, be less afraid. (laughs) See, I think when God and God's messengers say over and over, be not afraid, it's because, people of God, fear just isn't good for our hearts. If, as Paul says, perfect love casts out fear, then perhaps we could say that fear is the enemy of love. All I know is that fear steals things. Fear is a thief of love and joy and generosity for starters. 
Fear even takes things away while convincing us that it's actually protecting us. Fear makes me feel less safe, and feeling less safe is not the same as protecting me. And fear steals these things because fear convinces us that it is more real than what is actually happening. The only time fear isn't a liar is when you are actually about to be attacked by a bear or asked to do the chicken dance at a wedding or <laughs> some other real imminent threat. <laughs> and since I really want you to not feel alone with this fear thing, here's a glimpse at fear, the liar, and how it visited me this week. A couple years ago, someone made what was called the Judgmental Map of Denver. Did anybody see it? Okay. The Judgmental Map of Denver. It's an offensive and also kind of perfect renaming of Denver neighborhoods based on the stereotypes of who lives there. The first building that House for All met in for liturgy was in Baker. On the Judgmental Map of Denver, the Baker neighborhood, which is like this grungy hipster area of Denver, was renamed you probably haven't heard of this neighborhood yet. <laughs> I loved being in a rundown 100-year-old church building in the you probably haven't heard of this neighborhood yet neighborhood. And for a while, it felt as though all we needed, God's hand had provided us. But then House for All Sinners and Saints was evicted from that space. There were only maybe 40 of us then. Raise your hand if you were here. It felt fragile at that time, since we were so small and so new, and to be honest, I was incredibly afraid. I was afraid that the community might not hold together after the move. I was afraid that we wouldn't find the right space to meet in, and that we'd end up having to rent out a middle school cafeteria and stare at plastic trays and food pyramid posters while chanting the Sanctus. <laughs> I was afraid that if I didn't do everything right, the church would fail. And what happened? Well, St. Thomas Episcopal Church took us in almost immediately and proved to be an amazing and loving adoptive home. And again, all we had needed, God's had, hand hath provided, and yet I was still afraid. Because even though it was a great move, I resisted being at St. Thomas because it's located in South Park Hill with its tree-lined streets and historic homes, a neighborhood that the judgmental map of Denver renamed People's Bosses. And I was afraid that the people who felt comfortable in the you probably haven't heard of this neighborhood yet neighborhood wouldn't feel comfortable if people's bosses started coming to the church. And now, five years later, those exact same people who I was afraid would mess up our church did exactly that. They made our church much weirder and much warmer. And they consistently brought food to the potluck. Amen? And now, to be honest, it is absolutely impossible for me to imagine being house for all sinners and saints without them. And so, now we've moved neighborhoods again. And I would love more than anything in the world to stand here and say that having experienced the greatness of God's faithfulness so many times that I totally skipped the being afraid part, but it's like impossible for me to lie to you. 
because this week we moved out of the people's bosses neighborhood and now we're right off Colfax, a street that the judgmental map of Denver renamed drunks slash homeless slash drunks slash homeless slash drunks slash homeless. What if people's bosses don't want to follow us to drunks slash homeless? What if all the people in this church who work for Denver's nonprofits, who, as I like to say, hold the world's most broken realities together all week with scotch tape and need to have one hour of their week in which they get to be what's broken, what if by being in this location they feel like they're back at work? What if people feel icky each week walking in because they feel so guilty for not being able to help each person on the steps? None of this was happening, actually. None of it. What was actually happening was that so many people expressed their excitement about this move, and tons of people helped and planned and prayed, and by listening to fear and not to love, I almost missed it. Almost. So your pastor is such a spiritual giant that recalling God's faithfulness to this church in the past didn't seem to be enough to present, prevent my fear in the present. And like I've said before, while I hope someday to trust God in the moment and not just in retrospect, <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. But what I did realize by thinking back about this church's history is that I'm pretty sure God would have taken care of us whether I had or had not been filled with fear. Like, that part was optional. See, God isn't waiting for us to worry enough about a situation before giving us the kingdom. Jesus says, fear not, for it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Maybe God always says, fear not, not to make us feel bad for our worrying, but to invite us to lift up our hearts to the presence of God and others' love in this, this present moment. Because this life is a gift. This moment is a gift, and this gift originates in the goodness of the gift giver, not in the worthiness or the fearlessness of the gift receiver. As our psalm for today says, God, the giver of this life and this moment, sees you. Not in the creepy surveillance system way it sees you, but in the intimate way the person who loves you the most sees you. God sees you in this moment. In this place, in what is actually happening, God sees you and fashions love in your heart. And while maybe I wasn't fearless this week, here you all are. We moved. And whether we are afraid or not, this church will continue to be the freak show in God's carnival that it always has been. And I mean that in the best, most affectionate way possible. I may have failed at being a paragon of faith this week, and yet, when I sing hymns to God next to you, I am not afraid. And even though we have fear, there's so much love that it breaks my heart. God is good. And here we all are. And thank you, Lord, for this much love. All we have needed, your hand hath provided. So be not afraid, little flock, and lift up your hearts. Amen.